Barum is relationships. Barum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter、mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh hi, Mark. Oh hi, Allison. Oh hi, Rob. Oh hi, listeners. We're here to talk minute forty-seven, in which the dispute ends in confusion. Maybe we and we cut off Johnny midline. Why, Lisa? Why? And now he continues. Lisa, please talk to me, please. You're part of my life. You are everything. I could not go on without you, Lisa. Lisa responds. You're scaring me. And then we get probably I'd say it's the second most famous line from the movie. I think his his、yeah. I did not hit her one is the most famous. You are lying. I never hit you. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. It gets very dramatic. <laughs> and does what I assume is a pelvic thrust. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like <laughs> a thrust of power. I can't see、yes. it, but I feel it. I feel like it. <laughs> it. It fits with the arms, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> is that what Elvis did? Well, not like this. No, <laughs> that made him so no. controversial. <laughs> the specific move he's going for is actually a reference. He's copying a line from Rebel Without a Cause. Yeah. Except in the script, he had it wrong. He had it scripted as "You are taking me apart, Lisa." And for some reason, he couldn't say that. Possibly because subconsciously, he knew he had the line wrong.、Mm. What's the line in Rebel? It's you're tearing me apart. Okay. You're tearing me apart. What? You you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again. He he's the parents are fighting, and James Dean character like just stops and says, "You're tearing me apart," because they keep arguing past him instead of with him.、Mm-hmm. And Tommy very much wanted like he liked James Dean, he liked the movie Rebel Without a Cause, and that was sort of. It, though the plot it doesn't relate at all, it's sort of the vibe he was going with with his character. Yeah, it's, it's this guy who's troubled for no particular reason. He imagines himself as James Dean, the hero. In Johnny's case, it's that he doesn't know what's wrong. He doesn't know that Lisa's cheating on him. He doesn't know that Mark is the one she's cheating with, and so he's being torn apart, but doesn't know how or why. It's just happening. Yeah. And similarly, James Dean's character famously. Doesn't have a particular reason that he's got problems with everyone. He just does, and then his parents argue about it, and it makes it worse. So he drinks. You know, the start of that movie is him getting arrested because he's been drunk.、Mm. So maybe Johnny, when he was younger, was、uh, what was his name? Jim Stark, James Dean's character, <laughs> would get arrested for being drunk and go out and get in car races that ended up with someone dying and all that. Get in knife fights with people. In the Disaster Artist, the movie version, they go and visit the spot where James Dean's car wreck happened, where he died. Yeah, and it's a big part of Johnny's or Tommy's and Greg's relationship is that they bonded over certain things like love of James Dean and this road trip、mm-hmm. that eventually would lead to them making this movie and being still stuck in each other's lives to this day because of it. Now, I, I should have included this note last minute. Because we were talking about the spoons, and it's when he writes about this scene that Greg writes about the spoons. 
because Mercedes Younger, credited as production designer, had a really low budget, uh, revolving door of stagehands, as Greg describes it. And they were filming and they were like, we need something on these tables. So Tommy sent the art department, I believe it was just Merce, down Highland Avenue to a framing shop. They return with sample frames, all with mm. stock photos of spoons. There's also a oh, stock, no. one of them is a leaf, I think, in the background earlier in the film. We've identified one over by the kitchen door that has, is just blank. Who has stock photos of spoons, though? I don't know. <laughs> Someone did. Like, I only see ones that are, like, you know, fake, you know, families or models or whatever. Although, I wouldn't put him past him. I, I imagine he has, like, you know, random bride and groom, uh-huh. you know, in a, in a frame of just being the movie. <laughs> Random, random toddler, you know. There's pictures of other people's families. Yeah. Yeah. That's what American people do, right? <laughs> no, they don't. They have pictures of spoons. Who hasn't been in a house where you've seen a picture of a spoon? Come on. I want one. I want this exact, the exact one. You can get one from Etsy. Yeah, get one of, get one of Juliet's paintings. Ooh. That's what I want. So they brought him back and no one bothered to, you know, switch out any photos or take photos of a cast or take photos of like Tommy and Juliet together, you know, posing in character. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're just spoon pictures. Greg has a great line in, in the book where he says, To the photographer tasked with the tedious job of snapping those spoon pictures, take heart, your work has not been wasted. Yes. Because <laughs> now the... Audience loves the spoons and throws things at the screen. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, to be fair, yeah, to be fair, I wouldn't want to be taking pictures with with him or the, the cast. I'd want to be like, all right, I'm on film. That's it. We're not spending another second together. <laughs> Least amount of effort. I'm not taking a picture of you on a horse. That's too much work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine just just him like photoshopped into other? You know, yeah, this is me at in the Bahamas. No. <laughs> Here's us at Denny's. <laughs> what would be the most like American thing? Yeah, the most. <laughs> I'm taking a bite out of a cheeseburger. Like, yeah. What's most violently American? Yeah. <laughs> no, Tommy in his high school football uniform. Yeah, that's why he loves football. It's because you know he grew up with it. Because he's American through and through. Mm-hmm. Yep, us with our pet bald eagle. <laughs> 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 Most violently American pictures. Yeah, so American. <laughs> and and there'd be, of course, a lovely picture of them with Denny when they first tried to adopt him. Oh, that's so cute. Aww. And he's just, that's and then just pictures of them, and he's just there watching. Yeah, he's always just, he's like in the background. <laughs> watching. <laughs> What's that called when you jump in the background of someone's photo? Photobomb. Photobomb, yeah. He's just, he's just photobombing every one of their photos, but they just pretend that they meant to do that. Instead of being, like, goofy or having a thumbs up, it's just, like, him, like, with a very serious look on his face, like, staring at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he's, like, leaning around some corner in the background, just staring, like, just his head, just watching them. Mm-hmm. His head poking out of a bush. And then, weirdly, there's photos from before they even met him, where he's just in the oh. background. <laughs> like, here's where Johnny met 14-year-old Lisa. And hey, look, Denny is in the background. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Back in high school. Of course, Johnny is only a few years older than Lisa. We all know. Of course, that. yeah. He plays young. Mm-hmm. I see it. I see it. He's what James Dean would have been when he if he'd grown up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. If he'd grown up, been in. No, I'm not going to say that. That would have been very rude. I'm going to cut that. I didn't even say it, but I'm going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say if, if James Dean had survived his car accident with a serious brain injury. Oh, um, oh that's, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. See? Told you. Uh, we're edgy on the room minute now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was costume designer Safoa Bright who pointed out to Greg that someone should really tell him he's getting the line wrong, mm-hmm. that it's tearing and not taking, and as soon as they did, the next time Tommy did it, he got the line right. Mm-hmm. However, he also got really agitated that someone had corrected him and started picking on people around the set. And he yelled at the slate person because their jacket was on the floor, and he yelled at the camera people. Although his complaint was funny, he said, I see your camera work and you need to do a better job, which is very specific for a director. Can you, can you imagine how many people he walked up to like, you're tearing me apart, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These corrections are tearing me apart. <laughs> and at the end of the uh, section on this seed in The Disaster Artist, Greg's last sentence is, James Dean wept. <laughs> oh. I did actually recently rewatch Rebel Without a Cause to talk mm-hmm. about it here because I was trying to think if there's more that Tommy's going for from it. But other than this trio of characters at the center of it, I mean, they don't even have a love triangle exactly. With him, Salminio's character is closer to Denny than Mark because he's essentially 1950s coded gay mm. and seems to have a thing for James Dean's character, not uh, Natalie Wood. Oh, yeah. Oh, do you want to make a Natalie Wood joke? Do you have a Natalie Wood joke? If she had survived the drowning with a brain accident, what is it called? Then she could have played Claudette. Yeah. <laughs> but then she would have gotten breast cancer, so really. And have it never brought up again. She was doomed either way. Yeah. I'm sorry, was that mean? <laughs> was that mean to you? No. Mine was worse. It's fine. And Lisa says, Why are you so hysterical? And Johnny has... What's probably my favorite line of the film? Do you understand life? Do you? And then he pushes her onto the couch again because obviously he's an abuser. Yeah, he's not violent at all. He's he no. pushes. No. no, crazy. I honestly think he might be like blackout drunk when he hit her. Maybe he doesn't remember. Right. Mm-hmm. If if the film had been edited so the scenes were in the order they are in the script, I think it would have implied more that yes, he absolutely did hit her when he was drunk. He just doesn't remember it. And you can make the argument that he was sober. Well, right. That's why he says he doesn't drink. is because literally he used to have a drinking problem, so he doesn't drink at all. So as soon as he starts drinking and gets drunk, he's not going to remember that because he drinks too much. Yeah. That's what I think. That's my theory. But then, but even that you could take as part of the tragedy of Johnny Goodguy is that he's becoming this monster that he was once upon a time when he drank a lot. And so that's also makes it worse is that that's what Lisa's pushing him into. Yeah. And that makes the ending worse, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what's he going to do? He can't have her. He's back to drinking. So he's just got to give up and end it. Stop making me empathize with him. It's <laughs> 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 just not like him. <laughs> the, po- the point with film is that you should be able to empathize with any of the characters, depending on the scene. Yeah. And so, so, so maybe it's excellent filmmaking. Right. Exactly. <laughs> what do you mean, maybe? It definitely is. It's like, it was totally intended to be a black comedy. And well, I, I still great. disagree with that line, but yeah. yes. Uh, and he sits down beside her, but she leaves and then stops on the stairs to add, confusingly, Don't worry about it. Everything will be all right. 
That's like what you say before you're like about to put a dog down. Like, <laughs> don't take it there. That's so everything will be all right. A knife to his throat, you know, not a dog's throat, but like a person's throat. I don't know. If that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's no, I think worse that's or better. No, I, I think that's good. That's actually what I, I picture. No, yeah, I have no concept of how euthanization works. Whatever euthanasia. Yeah. <laughs> this this scene, by the way, seems to have been filmed before she had sex with Mark because the, there's no dent on the railing. Um, so I guess it gets dented sometimes here when he's saying, I don't know. Maybe when he's drunk, he takes a hammer to it. Well, that was last night. It's not drunk. It's not dented now. Oh, that's weird. Maybe he... It's dented earlier. When he was drunk, he fixed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a great He's hand. a regular Mr. Fixer. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Lisa gets him drunk because he fixes things. Because <laughs> he fixes things around the house. <laughs> Come on, just drink this vodka. <laughs> he goes into the room with just the chairs and the alcohol in it. Uh huh. Pulls out some alcohol. Come on, drink this, honey. The drink this. Things are dumped on the stairs. Yeah. <laughs> he's just only been made at this point. But only when he's drunk. <laughs> yeah. Right. You drive me crazy. He says, and she says, "Good night, Johnny." And he tells her, "Don't worry about it." So they both say, "Don't worry about it." So no, after this, neither one will be worried. Everything will be fine. I still love you. Don't worry about it. I still love you. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say never quit. He, me- he means after he hit her. Yeah. yeah. I still love you. If you're gonna leave me. Sorry, I interrupted <laughs> you. <laughs> it's okay. I'll edit it so you didn't. That's <laughs> what I do. Um, so then we you get. You edit out the women who speak over you. No, I don't. <laughs> don't say it like that. I don't edit. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't edit people out. I move them away from each other so they're not talking yeah. over each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> okay. What a podcast that would be. We have women on. We just. So, edit uh, seriously, them out. <laughs> I had one, but she just kept talking when I wanted to talk, so. <laughs> I had to cut her voice. We get a transition shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. And in the script, the next scene was Lisa and Claudette talking and Johnny overhears them. But we won't get that for another three minutes, I think. I just see that Golden Gate Bridge and I'm just like, welcome to Full House. I think we're going to see a Full House episode right now. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, wait. Did I change the channel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, in San Francisco. So instead of going to Lisa and Claudette, we get the alleyway scene that is strange with Mike walking up to, well, no, before we even get to Mike, if you have the minute running, watch the opening of this shot because Johnny is walking very quickly toward a brick wall. I know he knew he was going to be interrupted, like Mike Scott Holmes is going to get his attention, but he's walking toward the wall. I'm like, you got to turn if you're in that alley. You can't just go. There's not a door there. And so Mike grabs him, says, Hey, Johnny, what's going on, man? Oh, hi, Mike. What's- Johnny's wearing his tank top in this scene. This is important. There is a, a thing with delusional... Delusional? Tom, Tommy's not delusional. How dare I? <laughs> Directors... Directors with big egos who make movies where they star in and write them and direct them who wear black tank tops. Uh, Neil Breen, who we've talked about on this show once before, we talked about Double Down, wears a black tank top in much of that movie. Uh, who are the other two? There's like four or five of them. John DeHart, I think, does that in 
one of his movies. But it's like a thing that these older guys use to try to make themselves look young and fit. And leading into next minute, this is an important way to present Johnny. And at the end of this minute... Johnny is fit. He's just a butterface. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's not even that he's... It's not even that. He's old. And I think he looks yeah. older than he even is. Because at this point he's like in his 50s. But he looks older. He looks like he's he's seen some shit. Like he's 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 had a he's had a life. And so the minute ends with Johnny saying, "Oh hi, Mike. What's he's going to say? What's new?" Mm-hmm. Now, if I remember right, I only have two notes from midnight screening for this minute. Notes from a midnight screening. The audience, of course, will scream along with Johnny. You are tearing me apart, Lisa. Because you have to. Golden Gate Bridge gets us a water. Go, 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 because the camera's moving. But right before that, there is an extra note. Lisa stops on the stairs, and then she walks. You know what that means. We get a boom, 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 because the audience sees Lisa as a giant, horrible, fat bitch, and she's very heavy on the stairs, because the audience are dicks. Well, she's not even that big. No, no, no. But the audience likes to treat it like she is. Audience thinks she's 400 pounds. Mm-hmm. She's actually large enough that she could literally tear him apart. She's just a giant monster. You're tearing me apart. I'm tearing this <laughs> minute apart. Alice, if the listeners would like to tear you apart, where can they do so? <laughs> oh, yeah. Why not? That sounds much better than trolling. Fantastic. If you want to tear me apart in a really kind way, my Facebook is Alice Lauren Alice and then L-A-U-R-E-N. My Twitter is Allie Mez, A-L-I-M-E-Z-H. Yeah, and I've been doing a ton of different podcasts, one with, with Rob and Luke Allen on the Please Be Seated podcast with Luke Allen. I just did, let's see, Almost Famous Minute, Top Secret Minute. If you've never seen the movie Top Secret, please go see it. It's like the best movie in the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it to death. And then I just did one. Uh, it's on the podcast Audio Airstrike, and it's just me talking about different celebrity news, tech news, all the different newses of the world. So, yeah, you can find all those on everywhere you find podcasts. <laughs> There's nothing wrong when people make fun of the project, in this case, The Room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!